Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast. Today, we have a visiting professor who I am so excited to talk to. This is a total fangirl moment. You know, if you have followed me for more than a minute, that there are few things I love more than bras and helping women feel fabulous about themselves. And today's guest has taken those two things to a whole other life-changing level. So often in life, we see need and we think, you know, someone should really do something about that. But today's guest saw a need and thought, you know what? I should really do something about that. I am so thrilled and so grateful to have Dana Marlowe with us. Dana is the founder and executive director of my favorite nonprofit organization, I Support the Girls. I Support the Girls provides a source of dignity, self-esteem, and support to marginalized women through the donation of bras and menstrual hygiene products. Dana is a human rights activist who works tirelessly to better the lives of the most invisible populations, the women and girls often overlooked by mainstream society. Dana can't fix the larger societal issues that create insecurity, but she can combat feelings of worthlessness by encouraging an accommodated period and properly fitting bra. Amen. When she is not sorting bras or striving for inclusivity, Dana can be found at playgrounds with her sons, walking her new puppy, or attending early morning dance raves. Hi, Dana. Thank you for visiting the Style School today. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I have to ask before we ask anything else, what is an early morning dance rave? It is so much fun. And if we're ever in the same city and when it's happening, we should totally go because what it is, is usually 6 a.m. yoga and 7 to 9 a.m. dancing in all different kinds of environments. It could be a, a typical dance club or bar, but it could be outside. I've gone to them at embassies and in historic buildings around Washington, D.C., where I live. Um, and they have DJs and motivational speakers, and it's just an enormous amount of fun to start your day. Okay, that sounds like a blast. And I do want to say that's not happening right now. So before people send the emails, nobody's, you know, walking at the park with their kids or going to early morning dance raves. We're all being responsible. So, you know, there we go. But I don't know if you know this, but I used to live in the Washington, D.C. area, and I found out about your organization before it was even an organization, I saw a yes, I saw a Facebook post on I think maybe it was one of my community boards. Uh, I used to live in Loudoun County, and it was someone looking for donated bras. And I had just happened; I'd had a bra event at my house a few weeks earlier, and someone had brought me hundreds of bras. I mean, like three garbage bags full of bras. And at the time, I was donating them to an organization where I had to ship them all. And normally people would ask for a little donation to cover the cost of shipping. But someone just dropped like a couple hundred bras off to me with no donations. And I was like, this is going to cost me an arm and a leg to ship to Colorado. So I saw this post. And I was like, hey, wait, I could drive them to you know, a, a neighborhood not far from me for free. So that's what I did. And it was before, I think it was before you were even like a, a real organization. It was just starting to collect bras. So it, funny. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for that generous donation from years gone by and for whomever shared that. Yes. With you. That's so fun. Yeah. In, in the early days, 
2015, it was basically Dana's bra project, but that didn't have enough cachet. So <laughs> I changed it to support the girls. There the are girls. so many great puns and so many great double entendres that you can do with boobs and bras and support and lift. And, you know, it's it's kind of a gold mine. We have a lot of really important topics to talk about today, but since this was, is a style podcast, we ask every guest to answer three questions to help get to know you better. In three words, describe your style. Fashion, train, wreck. <laughs> okay. So they all string together. So when you said fashion, I'm like, oh, girl, this is going to be good. And then you said train. And I thought, where is this going? And then you said wreck. And I'm like, here we are. Here we are. Boom. <laughs> I love it. All right. So if I did give you a $500 gift card, this is our second question to use in one store and you had to spend it on yourself. You can't buy bras for other people. What store would you choose? I would probably go to White House okay. Black Market. What do you like about White House Black Market? They make right. me look good without me having to have a lot of fashionista knowledge. I can usually go in and get out and get various wardrobe elements that will all kind of work together. White House Black Market is a store that makes it really easy. They're one of the few stores that still helps people, which I find so amazing. I can send a lot of my clients who, you know, live far from me. I can say, okay, go to White House Black Market and they will actually help you. And that is a dying art. Yes, for sure. And they're lovely. They there. are. So that would definitely be my $500 shopping spree store. Final question. What item of clothing that you currently wear makes you feel the best about yourself and why? So it is a V-neck t-shirt that is so soft. It's like... It's oh, pajama level yes. soft. And it it has on it, because clearly I like puns, it has in black sans serif, all capital letters, it says lettuce, turnip, the <laughs> Okay, so we have got the style, we've got the early morning dance, right? Like it all comes full circle here and puns. It's kind of like, it's, it's, <laughs> and puns. it's the holy grail yes. of t-shirts. It It is. I wear this shirt so much that often my husband will tell me yeah, I need to put something else on. My best friend when we're going out could be like, listen, we can't be in pictures because like when I saw you three weeks ago and two months ago, you were again in that shirt. And don't wear your Fruit Loop leggings, Dana, please. But, you know, so, wearing the same thing over and um, over is something that celebrities do so that the pictures of them are less valuable. So maybe that's what you're doing. No? <laughs> Can't I, I? I was. I can't say I've actually thought about that much. I think, but um, no. It's this was. This is definitely my like. As soon as it goes in the wash and out of the wash, it's back on the body and back in the wash. It's like constant. I love, I love the shirt. So that would be my like one item of clothing, and it always makes me feel good. I always feel confident. It's comfortable. It makes me happy. Okay, so you have a funny fashion story for us. I do. I do. Oh my gosh. I, this is people, please don't go look me up right now. Um, because I really am like a hot mess when it comes to my closet, but I just don't care. Like I'm just very confident in what makes me comfortable. And yeah, over time though, year, years ago, back in like, I guess around 2009, 
maybe 2009, okay. 2010, my mom, my childhood best friend, one of my very close adult friends, and one of my employees all got together conspiring behind my back and they nominated, nominated me for a TV show that was on them <laughs> called What Not to Wear. Stop it. Stop. Yeah. No, 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 no. They, they ambushed me on camera. I was having, quote, what I thought was going to be lunch with one of the friends who nominated me. We were having lunch in Georgetown in D.C. And it was all staged and set up. I just was not in on it. Um, sure. Yeah. And I, they, they ambushed me um, with a camera. And I, I, of course, was like in these purple. Oh, my God. I don't even know. I, I can't even call them like these capri culotte things, sweatpants situations that I don't even know where they are. Like, like, and I had on one of my funny little t-shirts that had a random saying on it. And I usually wear my hair on top of my head. My friends call it the Wilma, like Wilma Flintstone, because it's like, it's not exactly a bun and it's really not, it's really messy and it's just kind of thrown up there. And I just, Oh, I, I looked awful, but ultimately I wound up not doing, I didn't, I definitely, I was not on the show. I did not do the show, but I feel like I earned those stripes to be able to call myself a fashion train wreck for real. Yeah. So when, when people say like when they're nominated for their Oscar, they say it's a, it's an honor just to be nominated. Is it an honor <laughs> just to have been nominated for what not to wear? Um, like, is that a badge my... you can wear? <laughs> I do. I do, right? Like it validates for my my fashion mishaps. Like at least I'm consistent, right? So Well, this is um, true. You know, I did an episode last week and part of my I always do this lessons from Linda segment where I share the story of a Linda. All of my clients are fake name Linda that I've worked with. Okay. And last week's was about a woman who spent our most of our shopping session telling me that she just doesn't care about style. And it took me a long time to say to her, well, why did you spend half a day and hundreds of dollars to do this with me if you just don't care? And right. turns out she really did care. She just didn't know how to dress herself. So it was a defense okay. mechanism. But I really feel right. like there are, are two groups of women who don't care. Those who, or who say they don't care. Those who truly don't care and they're happy in their I don't careness. And I love those right. women, right? Those, fantastic. You do you. Then there are the women who say, I don't care. Style doesn't matter because they don't know how to dress themselves and they're frustrated. And to me, right. like if you are in the first camp, great. If style just doesn't matter, if fashion doesn't matter, as long as you feel good about yourself, that's all that matters. That's, that's the important thing. So it sounds like that is, that's firmly where you, you exist. And I think that's fantastic. Squarely in your first camp. Um, but what's, what's crazy is I, um, I do have the capability. My husband has a great sense of design and I've had a lot of friends help me with my wardrobe and I, I do have the ability to look nice. So when I'm keynoting an address and I'm on stage and I tell the story, people are like, well, she looks fine. What is she talking about? And I do a lot of magazine, TV and media. And I'm always looking, I'm always looking put together. I'm not looking like some like, oh my gosh, no, nobody's ever saying like, where did you get that top or who were you wearing? Like that's not questions that are going to come my way and that's perfectly fine. But um, I just, I just want to look like I'm representing a global nonprofit and polished and professional. And I do have the bandwidth and ability to do that. 
Um, but on a day-to-day basis, I'm in, as you heard, my Let Us Turn Up the Beat V-neck t-shirt that's worn every third day with my colorful Fruit Loop leggings. I really would love a picture of the Fruit Loop leggings. If you could make that happen, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I can. I will. I will. I will share. I will. I actually have people. People didn't believe how badly dressed I was. I have a little album on my phone. I think it's called Dana's Bad Dressing. Um, and I will shoot you off a couple of those um, gems for you. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you started I Support the Girls? Why did you start it? Where did you start? All that good stuff. Absolutely. So I work full time. And as I mentioned, I live in the D.C. area where you used to live. And it's a fun place to to be, to work, to raise a family. But I really wasn't doing the work-life balance thing well back in 2013, 2014. And I had, after having two kids, I had put on some weight that I hadn't lost. And uh, I finally decided I need to, before I turned 40, I needed to really examine like getting healthier not, and, and everything that that meant, not just like losing weight or looking good, because that wasn't really my priorities as much as um, trying to eat healthier, make healthier choices, exercise more, those kinds of decisions. And so I started incorporating that into my everyday behaviors in 2014. And by mid-2015, after doing it for over a year, I recognized that I had lost 35 pounds and in doing so needed new clothing. But as you know, um, you just asked me what my, my three fashion style words were. Somebody who's very comfortable saying that she identifies as a fashion train wreck probably is also the same type of person who's not the one who's fashion Fair enough. Forward. Yeah. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I wasn't out there going for new clothing. I was just cinching my belt tighter or wearing baggier clothing. And one morning, in a hot summer DC July day in 2015, my husband said to me, Dana, I know you're on your way to a business meeting, but your clothes aren't fitting right. And I know a lot of your friends have offered to go shopping with you and you're not, you're not doing it. And that's fine because you be you. And he supports me in, in all that is my fashion craziness. Um, and he said, but look, you need new bras. Okay. And they're not supporting you in any way. And so I went to um, my local mall that has a Soma. And I went into my bra boutique lingerie underwear type store. And I went into Soma. And while I was in there, the Soma sales associate was so kind and was fitting me. And as I was getting fitted for new bras, I asked her, what could I do with my perfectly good old bras? And she said four words. And those four words have kind of put us on this journey that has led me to chat with you today. And that was homeless women Mm. need bras. And I didn't know that. And I hadn't really thought about the bras that I had in my drawer up until that point. And so I went home and I looked online. And as I got online, I found a homeless shelter in D.C. not far from me called them up and said, you know, I have 16 perfectly good bras. What else? You know, like, do you want these? And they said, wow. yes. How soon could you bring them here? So I said, whoa, yeah. okay, this is like a real, a real need. What else do you need? 
right? Because I mean, like right. you, Jennifer, like I don't know what I don't know. So what else? And that's when he said maxi pads and tampons if you're willing we really need maxi pads overnight mm. with Wayne star preference and i thought all right well i'm gonna go to costco which was actually my runner-up to my 500 dollars because i actually get a lot of my clothing at costco where i can get clothing i can pick up a roaster chicken i can get my laundry detergent perfect one-stop shopping at costco <laughs> so i went to my costco picked up some extra pads and tampons to, you know, make a donation. I posted it on just my Facebook page and it was shared locally, told some friends about it. And my, my 16 bras of that no longer fit me suddenly became a lot more. And the, the first donation that I made was in October, 2015. And that was comprised of over a thousand bras. Oh my goodness. So this was kind of a big thing right from the very beginning. Um, well, it was a nice little project that first quarter from the very beginning, um, because people were so generous. But what I realized are, you know, my local paper wrote it up. Um, and -hmm. the Washington Post is not small, but they put it on the cover of, um, of a weekend section and my inbox blew up. And from there, I realized I, I thought it was a one and done. Right. Like, OK, so this lasted for a couple of weeks. At first, I thought it was just going to be two weeks in July. My very initial Facebook post said two weeks in July, I'll collect products. And then I extended it through September and then into October. And I thought, yeah. OK, this is like a one and done. Right. I'm going to wipe my hands clean of it. But my inbox was overflowing with basically two groups of people. One group saying, oh, my God, I have spare bras. I have bras I no longer wear. I have bras that don't fit me. I have bras that are brand new that are shoved in the back of my top drawer. I can get them to you. Um, and then I, on the converse side, I had individuals experiencing homelessness who said, oh my gosh, I really need some bras or I really need some maxi pads or homeless shelters and domestic violence shelters or refugee agencies saying, how do we apply to get product? And I'm like, apply? Who do they you think just I did am? it. I'm nobody. You just like, applied. Just did a little project. But like my phone blew up, I couldn't even use it because it was just constantly downloading uh, wow. direct messages and texts and emails and phone call voicemails and whatnot. So that was that was how that began in 2015. I support the girls is still your passion project, right? You have an actual quote unquote day job. How do you manage all of that? <laughs> do. How do you do that? I am really lucky to have incredible teams behind both organizations. I'm in awe of that. Absolutely incredible. And I'm looking at some of your stats on your webpage. And after three years, I support the girls distributed over 3 million bras and menstrual hygiene products, established 50 affiliates around the world. You were featured on over 300 media outlets and helped over 320,000 women. That's pretty amazing, but it's been a little bit longer than three years now, right? It has. So we're we're now at four and a half years and the stats are still mind blowing and staggering to me because it's such a collective teamwork approach that I can't believe we're, we're this far along. So here's where we are. As of now, in April 2020, we have donated 8.6 wow. million bras and menstrual hygiene products. So in the last year and a half, we have almost tripled what we've done in the first three years. And as far as the donation partners, 
we just clicked 1900. So that's, those are uh, donation. Those are social service agencies that we partner with that are homeless shelters, domestic violence shelters, refugee agencies, um, transitioning out of foster care, correctional facilities, um, food banks, and more. And so we're we're on track, I think, to hit 2,000 by um, over oh the next goodness. like couple months, 2,000 vetted partners. And I think the media, I think we're over 500 and something media hits now. It's kind of nutty. So, yeah, the, the media has been very kind to us and helped us raise awareness about bras and how that really correlates to dignity, as well as helping break menstrual taboos and talking about period poverty. So, yeah, it's the numbers are, are wild. We have 58 U.S. and global affiliates from like I Support the Girls Dallas to I Support the Girls Chicago to Pakistan and the Philippines and Australia and Canada. So an affiliate is somebody who is almost like leading this chapter and this these programs in their community, uh, usually a woman who is um, volunteering her time to collect these items around dignity, bras, menstrual hygiene products, new underwear, and donate them locally, uh, therefore empowering other women in their community in need. And so that's somebody who's bringing like I Support the Girls initiatives to their town. While a partner would be somebody like the United Nations High Commission on Refugees, who would be receiving our products and distributing to their their folks, or a local homeless shelter in uh, in Tampa, Florida, or a domestic violence shelter in San Francisco, California. Those are our our partners. You clearly tapped into something that was this <laughs> huge need, this huge unspoken, I think, need. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that nobody is talking about how important these products are? Um, I think that homelessness, for example, just using that one area is a very, it's a very big concept and hard construct to mm -hmm. work through. It's a huge challenge, right? So you have to look at the big issues first. And, and there's so many areas, again, around homelessness or resettlement for refugees or survivors of domestic violence. Like there's so many other really major pressing issues for these populations of individuals in need that certain things are overlooked. And I think what gets overlooked sometimes, unfortunately, are gender-based constructs, mm -hmm. gender-based issues such as bras or menstrual hygiene products. And there really hasn't been an organization filling that specific gap. While there's other incredible organizations doing tremendous work for all these people in need. I, I think it's amazing that you help women not struggle with that burden so, so much. But can you tell us a little bit about who it is you help? I noticed that you distribute quite a bit to high schools. Why is that so important? So we, we help a lot of different types of organizations, including uh, middle schools and high schools across the country and also in other countries. A lot of high school students and young uh, women and, and girls and teens who get their period and are living in low-income, uh, impoverished communities don't necessarily have access to menstrual hygiene products. And in many U.S. states, and school districts, these products are not supplied. So while they can go in and get toilet paper in uh, hopefully most 
restrooms in the high schools and the middle schools, they don't necessarily have access to menstrual hygiene products. And the Mm. nurses don't usually have them either, or they supply them out of their own pocket. And so we started hearing from a lot of high school students that they were missing school when they had their period because they have to stay wherever they were living just to manage their flow so that they wouldn't soil their clothes because they don't have easy access, let's say, to laundry facilities to clean their clothes and they don't want to be made fun of. And it's a hard enough time for teenagers as it is. And we just felt like we didn't, we didn't want a teen to have to miss statistics class on account of her period or not get a proper education. Because as you said, it could be five days a month, every single month. And that really adds up. That has a huge impact. There was there was actually an email that you sent about um, a girl who was missing school because Memphis. she had her period. And it just kind of gutted me thinking about my girls and how that just, while that will be an uncomfortable time and no middle schooler or high schooler wants to, you know, have her period, it won't be it won't be education ending. And I just, I think it's amazing what you're doing, bringing light to that. But let's talk about bras for a minute, because it's literally my favorite topic in the world. Everyone knows that if you get me talking about bras, I'm probably not going to stop for a while, because I feel like women get an instant (laughs) self-esteem lift, not just a breast lift when they have a good bra. How have you seen bras make a difference in women's lives? So there are so many women who are living on the streets in your listeners' communities that haven't had a new bra in what will probably amount to, if you were to ask them, eight or nine years. And they are re-wearing the same one or two of their lucky bras over and over again without like easy access to clean, safe water to wash them, whether it's in um, a washing machine facility or in a shower, uh, without enough space to dry them. and. Those are some of the lucky ones, because when I've met with some of our recipients, there are so many across the country that are wearing old, cracked leather belts to keep their breasts up, just to provide them with a little bit of shoulder and back comfort. What Mm -hmm. type of bras do you take? How does a woman know if she's listening to this and she says, I'm going to donate all my old bras? What is a value or how do you know if your bra has just seen better days and it's it's not worth donating. So what we recommend is if you have, obviously any new bras will gladly take of any kind. That could be underwire, bralette, training bras, mastectomy bras, breast prosthetics, nursing bras, maternity bras, um, sports bras. Uh, And if you have gently used ones, we ask that folks wash them first. And if you would give them to your best friend or a sister to wear because you are no longer wearing it, then you can donate it to us. And that is the best way that people can be that that judge. Um, As long as there's no broken parts, you know, all of the clasps, hook and eye uh, connectors are working and everything is still perfectly functioning. We want that to work first and foremost. So we're going to talk a little bit in a little bit about what products and what I support the girls needs most, but I did find it fascinating and something that I hadn't even thought about what kind of bras and I, maybe I'll just answer my own question, but I support the girls needs larger size bras. Is that correct? Yes. 
It's constant. Yes. The, the larger sizes are in higher demand as are the training bras in small sizes, which I know sounds, I mean, contradictory, but we, we have large groups of populations of girls that are developing and in need of a, of a bra that actually fits them. So we need the smaller sizes. Um, and we also are constantly in need of the largest sizes. Okay, so shifting gears just a little bit, I said in my last episode of the show that I refuse to be a coronavirus-focused podcast. I think there are a ton of shows out there right now that are totally changing their content. And I want the Everyday Style School to be a little bit of a respite from the constant news and doom and gloom of what's going on out there right now. But our current reality has had an even bigger impact on the women that you serve. Can you tell us a little bit more about What's changed? What needs have grown? What are some of the challenges that that your organization and the women that you serve are facing because of the pandemic? Sure, certainly. So as I had mentioned, we have our flagship program is the I Support the Girls Affiliate Network, which is basically um, like chapter locations around the world, bringing our programs and products to your community. Our other two programs are our Forces for Change, which focus on very specific marginalized populations. And the third one is our Disaster Relief Initiative. So we do an enormous amount of disaster relief focused effort. And usually that has been traditionally on tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, wildfires, um, flooding, natural disaster type relief where people are fleeing and evacuating mm-hmm. a specific location where that disaster strikes. And when they're fleeing their homes, they're not thinking, oh, I am going to bring a couple couple bras, a couple changes of underwear, and I might get my period in 10 days, and it's going to last for six, and I'm not going to be home. Like, it, that's just not the mentality. People are making sure they have the basic necessities, maybe um pharmaceutical needs and medicine, photographs, precious mementos, uh, pet needs, family needs. They're not thinking about their period in a couple weeks. So we do a lot with disasters. Most of them, as I said, have almost primarily been mm-hmm. um, naturally caused weather related, with the exception of in last year oh. in January 2019, we helped out with the furlough that impacted a lot of American federal workers and contractors when the federal government mm-hmm. had to furlough a lot of people in like Q1 uh, 2019. And we started getting a lot of requests because many workers, many women were writing to us saying, I've been furloughed. It's you know, in, you know, in indefinite right now. And um, I live paycheck to paycheck, I'm a single mom, you know, with a couple teenage girls. And uh, I'm very nervous. Could you just help me out with a couple months of menstrual hygiene product supplies? And I also see that you have bras. I haven't had a new bra in so long because I want to take care of my kids. Can you, you know, can I have a 3060? So we wound up getting a bunch of those, hundreds of requests during the furlough and helping those women out. And usually our model is to help vetted social service agencies like those homeless shelters, refugee agencies, domestic violence shelters, 
other organizations that provide additional wraparound services to their clients. Okay. We don't usually um, do one-off individual requests. We don't have the bandwidth to do that. And we did then. And this year, bringing us to the coronavirus global pandemic, we started seeing increased email, increased emails requesting menstrual hygiene products specifically right now. And it has just spiked. I mean, we've had over 35% of an increase in requests for products. And that is across the board. There's not one specific location asking more than others. It is people in need. And the other part that's driving this a little bit um, bonkers is obviously there's been a big run on and scarcity on toilet paper and hand sanitizer. But people also started hoarding and stocking up on tampons and pads, making it impossible for people in some cities to be able to find any kind of maxi pad or tampon at their local pharmacy or big box store that they would normally shop at. So then they go online and they can't mm -hmm. find anything on Amazon or Walmart or Target.com. And it's it's starting to get real for everybody. And so we've had a massive spike in requests for menstrual hygiene products right now. And our team has been working overtime to try and get out as many products. And so in the last five weeks, I think we've distributed 1.3 million menstrual hygiene wow. products and bras. That's it's crazy to me that you can't go to Target or Walmart and find tampons and pads right now. I mean, that that seems like a strange thing to be hoarding. I agree. I think people are so worried about when is this going to let up? And then they're also concerned about the supply chain of when those stores are going to be restocked with product from along the entire supply chain. I think that that is such a great reminder that, you know, yeah, we're all sort of in our own little cocoons and worrying about ourselves, but there are things that just don't don't stop and the need doesn't stop. And how has giving been for you guys the last few weeks? Have, have people kept up with their giving? Are you still getting a lot of donations or have, have you seen that drop off a little bit? So because we have a lot of product right now because of the generosity of um, companies like Lola and Hospico and Period Partner um, and Organic Cup, and mm -hmm. they have given us a lot of product. That's great, but it actually costs a fair amount to ship it out to folks. So people have generously donated money for shipping, um, and we give options where you could ship to one person products for a month or help a small like domestic violence shelter out uh, or a large organization. And people have been very generous donating shipping costs, which is our number one need right now. But then people have also, you know, continued to mail us. They've had a lot of time on their hands right now as folks are, uh, you know, self-isolating in their homes. So they're cleaning out their closets, they're cleaning out their drawers. And so we've received a lot of broad donations from folks that have cleaned out their their top drawers as as well as. Um, if they have menstrual products in their home that they don't, you know, it's, they don't use um, that are sealed. So we've received those. But truthfully, normally we track we track a lot of data. And one of the things that we normally get is around 100 um, packages from small to very large wow. every single week. 
So about 400 a month. And I would say, I think it's the last two weeks, we're averaging around 50. So we've had a 50% decrease in what people are mailing us. We're also not receiving all of the collections and drives that people do, whether it's a girl's night out or a book club or a company that was going to be doing a, a bra collection drive for us in the month of March for International Women's Month. Um, or a spring cleaning event were because people, and rightfully so, are not gathering, are not co-located, we're not receiving those collected drives. Can you share a few ways of how people can help and what would be most useful to your organization right in this moment? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jennifer. So the first thing I would suggest is checking out our website at www.theletterisupportthegirls.org, isupportthegirls.org, and learning more about us if you're curious. Our most urgent need right now is for shipping funds. So there's a link on the website where folks could donate shipping funds for products. Um, you have also generously put out a Amazon collection drive where our most urgent need is for maxi pads, maxi pads with wings on the bra side of the house. It's for sports bras and new underwear. We are desperate for new underwear with tags and packaging is the only way we can accept it. So if somebody wanted to donate that, that would be great. And obviously not everybody is in a space to do that, but we certainly would appreciate if you check us out on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever your social media platform du jour is, if you would reshare our content, there's no cost to that. We're going to put all of your links to your social media platforms, to your website, on our on our website, on our show notes. And the show notes for this episode is youreverydaystyle.com forward slash ISTG, I support the girls, ISTG, or just go to my website, youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast and find this episode. And you can find all of the links to follow this fantastic organization. And I do want just to follow up on what Dana said, the Everyday Style Lounge community, we did an online product drive around the holidays, and we're going to open that back up. Um, It is on the list are just the things that they really need right now. We have uh, pads with wings and we're going to add some packages of underwear. And if you, you can just order right through that link, the products are sent directly to I support the girls. And I just want to thank you in advance. My fabulous listeners, you guys show up in such a huge way. And it, I always say that the everyday style communities are the nicest, most generous women on the planet. So I want to thank you for just, in advance for showing up in a major way to help out women who could really use it. Okay, Dana, my last question for you. One thing I like to ask all of my guests is what you would like our listeners to take away from our conversation. Are there one or two things that you really want all the style sisters out there to walk away with today? I think if there's a key point or two for your everyday stylist to consider, it's thinking about why there's menstrual taboos out there and what we can do as an individual and a collective society. I think because in so many cultures around the world, Mm -hmm. menstruation is seen seen as such a bad thing, even though 
half it's half the population will have ha- does have or has had a period um and so i think i think that there's a lot of cultural elements that are melded into our society to push these kinds of conversations under the rug thank you dana so much for being on the show i know that i constantly learn more about women in need and how we can help. And I hope that our listeners came away with the same thing and and are able to support this fantastic organization. So thank you again, Dana, for being on the show. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end here. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com for show notes, freebies, and a link to join my free Facebook community, the Everyday Style Lounge. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is helping you love getting dressed again, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. Thanks, Style Sister. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.